All right, final hour of the show, Sports Batch 97.3 ESPN. We have so much that we've talked about today. We didn't talk about the Flyers who play tonight, by the way. You can listen to that game on 97.3 ESPN. They'll play the Devils. I'm imagining Durso will be on game night tonight. Yes, he will. 6.20 tonight. Kevin Durso previews Flyers-Devils. And you can hear that action right here with Tim Saunders and Steve Coates on 97.3 ESPN. Can I just get a little frustration out just real quick? Do it. I can't. This is where we're at defensively, just so you know, just for the people to know. They are putting in a 35-year-old veteran who hasn't played in the NHL in two years because their defense is so bad. Friedman is a healthy scratch. Robert Haig is a healthy scratch. And you're going with uh, Prosser, I believe. I don't need, like, that's his last name. Prosser, he, he's 35. And, Skip Prosser. And hasn't played in two years. And what did Skip Prosser coach? I, I, I do not know. Wake Forest? I think Skip Prosser was the coach when Tim Duncan was at Wake Forest. I like Josh. Was yeah, just like, Wake Forest. Uh, let me check. Yeah. Well, you should know that. That's your role. Come on. You should know Skip Prosser was the coach. I think it was when when Tim Duncan was there. After Duncan. After Duncan. So right. Randolph Childress. Yeah. Oh, I'm throwing some Wake Forest guys yeah, out you at are. you. You are throwing Wake Forest guys Randolph out. Randolph Childress. Rodney Rogers. You want a little Rodney Rogers, the lefty? He'll hit a three for you when you need a spot. In How court. does this help out the Flyers? Can they play defense? Probably better defenders. Dude. Tim Duncan surely is. We had a conversation yesterday about Mark Friedman and could I play the – I could play over this 35-year-old veteran who hasn't played in the league in a False. couple of years. Truth. Chris Paul, Wake Forest. Fact. I just got a whole team right there. Duncan at center, Randolph Childress and Chris Paul in the backcourt, Rodney Rogers as your, four, as your forward, and I need another forward. Who's a Wake Forest guy that, that can play on the team with Skip Prosser as the coach? That's all you. Can't think of one. My, my Wake Forest college hoops. I think hoops that's some good it? knowledge that, that, that was That was. That was good for you to pull that out. I'm thinking there's a guy that I know that used to write for the press. He went to Wake Forest. He probably could give me a little help with that last position. It's a hell of a team. I need a forward that, plays at Wake, that played at Wake Forest. You don't have one for me? I do not have one for you. Uh, old people think the Giants are a big old rivalry. Gotcha. Sorry, old man. Wow. That's not true. Wow. And I don't know. See, that's that's a that's, flawed that's, comment. That's Because Billy Schwein is an old guy. Get off my lawn. White uh, sneaks with the blue N. He thinks Cowboys are bigger than Eagles, Giants. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I wonder why Billy goes down the road, because he was brainwashed like the rest of us. He's easily manipulated. That's true. That is absolutely true. Yeah. A um, couple messages coming. <laughs> this is a good message. Uh, this guy says, Mike, just got home. You ruined 600-pound life. I got a DVR. No, no, no. The Stav 65, watch it on YouTube. I didn't say my 600-pound life. I watched the one, the 900-pound man. He had, like, his own special. By the way, Kyle Davis watching on Facebook. Josh Howard for Wake Forward. Yes. Played a couple of years ago. You got OK Boomer. I got an OK Boomer from Mint Diggity. I think I lean with uh, Mint. I always like Mint. Dude, I'm way more hip than the Boomer crowd. Huh. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if you're fully aware. You know, internally you might think so, but mm -mm. <laughs> I've seen that closet. I've seen those white ends. 
No. Yeah. Don't Never. lie to the people. I came over. He said, Broads, I'm having a party. I came over. You were at the grill. You had the white ends. And you had, like, Barry Manilow playing the on the ends. speaker. The blue head. What did I say? White ends. Oh, uh, yeah. The white See, shoes. You don't even blue. know what they're no, called. No, I do. There's also the Nike version. By the way, it's a nice little stitch fix. Oh, yeah? Is yeah. that the one that you... See, it's, it's fun. So... When you get clothes, do you then wear it like the next uh, day? This was I got this box a couple days ago. So you let it sit well, in the closet for a little. Well, because with the stitch fix, you have what you have to do is you pick which ones you want to keep, and then the ones you don't want to keep, they send you a thing, and you package it and send it back to them. So I didn't go through the stuff that I wanted to like because some stuff I was kind of in between. Like, do I want this? And so I got to try it on and let my girl like, do you like the way this looks? You know what I mean? Yeah. So this has been sitting there for a couple days. Okay. Because normally when I buy something, I'm probably wearing it like the next day. I'm yeah. just excited it's to put a it nice on. Little hood. That is a nice shirt. I'm a big fan of the hood. I rock some of those. It's just and it has a good length to it. It's not a hood that yeah. chokes you. You wouldn't know it has it. a hood on it. Right. It's nice and long, so you can kind of lounge with the hood. I'm a I'm a lounge hoodsman. On the text board, I despise the Cowboys because I despise Jerry Jones. I don't really have, like, a hatred towards the guy. It doesn't bother me. I think he's a I cool- like the fact that he's their owner because they can continue to yeah. be a dumpster. Yeah, like, I think he's like a, you know, I think he's like a coward, but I don't care about him. He doesn't make my blood boil. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he's just whatever. Right. Um, all right, what else we got here? A lot of text messages. 600-pound life is horribly fascinating. That's how people kind of approach it. It's so out there. It's so obnoxious. These people got to such a crazy point in their lives that it intrigues people. Now, this guy makes the best point. I don't know why I didn't think of it myself, but I give him credit. What is worse than 600-pound life or my feet are killing me or whatever Josh is watching is a Canucks Sharks game from 2011. No, no, you're missing out. That's a great game. Are you kidding me? In San Jose with that type of crowd? Stop. What's that place called? The Drunk Tank? No, that's the, the Shark it? Tank. I, mean, I was going to say, isn't that something that's like a part of the vet? <laughs> uh, regarding rivals, I think the Eagles-Giants were always the bigger rival, but the recent Eagles domination over past years made it one-sided. The Cowboys, I feel, are just hate it more due to fans and the amount of Dallas dams in fans in the Northeast. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. It just comes down to we hate the people because you're well, so what? flawed men- mentally. Like, you're flawed. Your thought process is flawed on why you like the Cowboys, so that pisses us off. I mean, I didn't mean to go back down this road, but you know there's a lot of giant fans that live in this area, too. But at least that makes sense, though, because whether you're from South Jersey, you're an hour and a half away from New York. Like, you can at least justify it. The, the, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan because my mom bought me a locker when I was six and then gave me a sticker. I mean, grow up. So that's why we get frustrated because it's you're a loser. Why do you like the Cowboys? Uh, another one on uh, the YouTube channel. Rivalry just can't stand Cowboys fans. It's more of a fan-to-fan rivalry than an on-field rivalry. Do we even have a team rivalry? You see these guys after the game going out for a drink after. I feel even with my Giants fr- friends that are fans of like the the New York teams, we don't have that pure like fight back and forth on a Sunday. Maybe that's just because the Giants haven't been that relevant over the last handful of years. But with the Cowboys fans, it's nonstop. Every time you see them, it's constant battle, constant going back and forth. I don't know if you have that same back and forth reaction with, with Giants fans. Uh, McPherson Photography is watching on YouTube and says the Eagles Dallas Cowboys rivalry is the best. 
It's because Dallas is treated like the Yankees, but they can't back up the greatness. They've talked about nonstop like they're the greatest team ever. See, I I get the 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 whole concept of why. The point I'm making is the Eagles fans should not validate that the Cowboys are not the Yankees. Yeah. We're validating that what they want. They want to be thought of in the same. Right. It's like we're giving them the power. If we didn't give them the power to feel that way, we're fueling it. We're pouring gas on, on the fire, essentially. That's right. Yeah. But there's no way of stopping us. You talk about how irrational yeah, don't we like all the are. Giants. Yeah. I, 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 I can't do that. I hate the Cowboys. What? I just hate them. The Giants. I hate them. I yeah. hate the Cowboys. The Giants are... They are the natural rivalry due to geographics. I would agree with you. Right. They are a fan base that is somewhat arrogant. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> um, if the Cowboys didn't exist in, in like if they were just the Dallas Cowboys and they were like the Texas Rangers or the Dallas Mavericks and they were just another Dallas team. Somehow they got to this statute, the statue. America's team, and they were the only team on and in the 90s. If that wasn't it, it would be the Giants in a runaway. It would be. Oh, you're you're right. But the problem is that era did happen, and sadly, it forced everyone to feel this way. But it's not just us. No, they didn't it's get the, me. It's the entire world. They didn't get me. And just like I think Buddy Ryan's a lousy coach, I'm not going to just fall for things because everybody else. I can think for myself. Buddy Ryan was a terrible head coach, and the Cowboys should not be your biggest rivalry. That's what we've learned today, kids. But the Cowboys thing is more than just there's people outside of this division that despise the Cowboys just as much as we because do. they don't have a natural rivalry. But that's not You're talking true. about like the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I'm thinking about like the Packers and the Seahawks. They have the you don't think they have a natural no, Packers rivalry? and Bears. Oh, Packers they're, and Bears, fine. Packers and Bears. Yeah, I just said Seahawks because, because of their Chicago playoff Chicago is about 20 minutes from Green Bay. Yeah, you're right. I, I brought up the Seahawks just because of their past in the playoffs and how they had to go up against each other and had some crazy And Seattle finishes, doesn't but. have a natural rivalry. Their closest road game is about 10 hours away. But so you, they don't have someone that makes – like if Portland had a football team, you would say you should probably – those would be your, your natural rival. They don't have a natural rival, so it makes sense for Seattle – to conjure up something and go with a national team. But there's always going to be teams that don't have something geographically yeah, right, but you can still have And those are that. the teams that make sense. When you have like like Cleveland and Cincinnati in the same state, right? When you have Baltimore and Pittsburgh who are in the same division and just about 3 hours apart from each other, you know, that's not like they say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Let me go become a uh, rivalry with the, like Pittsburgh has the Oakland Raiders as like one of those, but that's not, the fans don't, like they don't, they're not obsessed with it. No, they're not in the same division either. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, the fact I, that I they're in the same division has kind of. I don't think it really matters like geographically how far, it, like if it's a rivalry and it, and it kind of built that way, then so be it. You know, like accept it. Who cares if they're close or not? If if it became that much of a, like a, a two that despise each other. Oh, just I'm not saying it. that it's not or it shouldn't be A. I'm just saying it shouldn't be the. Like these people are like, I don't care if we win two games all year as long as they're against the Cowboys. Yeah, but think about this. The Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team, they're rivals, right? Like that's like a legitimate, like that yeah, is Cowboys it. and Indians. 
Yeah, but that's geogra- how it, but geographically it doesn't make sense for them right now. So why would that still be their rival? Because Washington doesn't have someone geographically that would well, be sure Eagles, Cowboys. Yeah, but the Eagles right, have the, Eagles, the Giants. Giants. Yeah, but so it, the, it the, need the Washington to work that way. was like the, the secondary for those two because they were right here next to each other, and Washington was kind of like the outskirts of those two. And then you had the Cowboys and the Indians. That's what made that what it was. Yeah, I don't know. I just see it a little bit different than you. I don't think it really matters based off of that stuff. I just think if like if it's naturally born in in But that's my point is that stuff. one's not naturally born. It was created based on this whole No, it happened. It it just happened long time ago and it just keeps passing down through generations. It eventually occurred. You based on like you talked about the the coaching stuff and the coaching kind of making that happen with Buddy Ryan. Like that naturally organically occurred and that somewhat forced this rivalry to kick back off into gear. Well, it was essentially like, you know, the Eagles were always the worst. Yeah, they were. And the Cowboys at that time were, you know, they had won all those Super Bowls in the 70s. So in the division, they were kind of the team that had the, that had like the the history. So it was like the Eagle. This is why I think the Eagles kind of got into it is that, they kind of got envious of the fact that the Cowboys were winning all the time. And I hate building a rivalry based on smelling someone else's success. Yeah. But once you're, you are, you know, you're basically envious of this team that you don't have no reason to be envious of other than the fact, you know, they won. But isn't that just sports? So, like, there's a big cycle of this. Like, there's the Penguins, for example. They destroyed the Flyers forever. Now it seems like the Flyers are going to get the upper hand on the Penguins. And then are down, they? And then down the road, the Penguins are going to come back on the Flyers. And then the Fly Like, that's just rivalry. You're, you're going to have your ups and downs in your battle. Yeah, but and that then- happens with every team. The reason why the Flyers and Penguins isn't they beat you, you beat them, back and forth, this and that. It's because they're in the same state. Well, yeah, that one specifically, like, but it doesn't have to be that, that way. If that was Philadelphia and Columbus, they beat you, you beat them, it's back and forth, you have these great games, no one cares because the geographics of that game doesn't have any... Eh, no, but there. but there's times where, like, for example, like the Montreal Canadiens or something, or the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's times where after a few stretches of seeing the same team in the postseason, you will build that hatred, like the Saints. It seems like Eagle Saints has that... A little bit more than other teams where, like, when you see the Saints, it's like, screw you. Like, it intensifies because... I don't well, feel that at all. Well, Yeah, I feel it all the time. And I've the talked Saints? To yeah, the Saints. The despise of the Saints based off of just them being at the top of the NFC and you having to play them in the playoffs and things of that nature and having to escape them when you played the... Uh, when the Minnesota Vikings game happened, when you escaped playing them in the Super Bowl run. Like, there's that hatred towards the Saints just based off of a three, four-year window of them being at the top and you kind of pushing your way towards So you're it. telling me, like, 20 years from now, we're going to have a generation of fans who hate the Saints? No, but it, it comes in... No, it, not to that degree. <laughs> but in terms of rivalries, there's times where things intensify with one opponent for significant stretches. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't feel anything towards the Saints. Nah, They're I, a nothing burger I, for me. Yeah, I think you're in the minority. I really do. Everyone, that should be a I, question. Do you hate the Saints? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you hate the Saints? I and think Brody's I, four friends can't be on that. No, text list. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. We won't allow. I've never heard one person ever say, "I hate the Saints." I'm surprised by that. Never. I really am. Yeah, yeah. It's a hot item for sure. Hate the Saints. Hate the face. Hate Sean Payton. Yeah, not not a fan of anything that the Saints do. Mint Diggity says it's all the local frontrunner fans that liked them because they were good in the '90s. There's always that one guy. In every group. He's right about that. 
Like, you can't avoid that there is that one guy. For sure. There's more than the one, sadly. Like, we have one guy in this uh, in this office building. Yes, we do. But, you know, I know, I think I know more Giant fans. You, do you? I don't think I do, but I'm not, I don't think it's crazy I to have say that two, you I have two friends of, well, one guy that works here, and another guy is a friend of mine. I know of other giant of other Cowboys fans. I wouldn't say they're like in my everyday circle of friends, acquaintances. I definitely think I know more Giants fans, or um, quote like would be friends with more Giant fans. Like the day that we did that whole when you texted your Giant fans yes. friends and said which is the biggest rivalry for you, Eagles or Cowboys, and it was like they all said Cowboys, right? That's, that's funny. I'm trying to like date back to what they. And my giant friends, they all said the Eagles. Yeah, so like we, the Giants we had a mix. don't have a legit answer either. Yeah, which is that a problem? Is that telling you something? How do you read into that? Does that the do you look at that as like their flaw too? Because clearly they're falling into the trap. I don't of mind the, the Giant fans being flawed. I'm trying to fix the Eagles fans. <laughs> Let them have problems. To want to emulate them is our problem. If we're following the same path of the Giants. Then we are now the Giants. Well, maybe they're following us, though. Maybe they want to be like the Eagles because of their recent success. So maybe the Giants fans are following God. the Eagles fans. Oh, this is crazy. This is not the way that it should be. 609-403-0973. And the rivalry is the best. My Eagles fan husband and I are at the game every year, and it's awesome. See, if you can have fun with it, that's good. I don't know any J Cowboys fans where it turns into fun. It always turns into screaming and arguments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's never any rational conversations no, happening. No, J Cowboy fans, very irrational. But maybe that's another reason why Conspiracy we... Conspiracy theorists. We, right. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we feel that type of pressure. Not Maybe not so much pressure, but we feel the hatred towards them because they're so irrational. I don't know how we got into this conversation, but we're getting lambasted, or not lambasted, we're getting bombarded on the text board on the YouTube feed, on the Facebook feed. Uh, so we'll try to get as many messages up as we can real thick, fast. But I love, like, the dynamics of, like, this offseason is going to be so much fun because the Eagles stunk, the Giants stunk, and the Cowboys stunk. They all need help in the worst way. What if the Washington football team gets Watson? That would be scary. I'll say this to the Cowboys stuff, though. Their quarterback was hurt. And they stunk when Dak Prescott was there because of their defense. But if they figure out their defense and Dak Prescott in that offense clicks, you know, I don't think the my point is I don't think the Cowboys are that far off. I think the quarterback they get injury, Dak back. Yeah, they're they're, diff, they're better than the other. Absolutely. Although if they get Deshaun Watson, that's scary. They need a quarterback. This is a good team. story, by the way, on the text board. My friend managed a food stand at the old RFK Stadium in Washington, and he prided himself on offering local dishes. For visiting fans, gumbo for the Saints, barbecue for the Chiefs, wing for the Bills. He said the only fans he wouldn't serve specialty items were for the Eagles fans. And he would say in his heavy Greek accent, those dogs can go hungry. That's pretty so good. So he's saying the Washington fans, they no, they, they're they Dallas. They they dislike Dallas more than oh yeah no doubt about it I don't I I mean they're just so not competitive over the last I mean I know they won the division and all a few years back or whatever but in terms of like being like a legit serious franchise yeah just based off of how you know, when I was growing up Washington was the best I know which is crazy I couldn't even imagine ever thinking that they were it legitimately was, well the it best. went from Washington you know when I started watching football it was probably like eighty like the eighty five Bears. Or like the well, the '84 Super Bowl was it? 
uh, Miami and Washington is kind of like the first one that I remember. The 85, it was Patriots-Bears. They're like the first two that I kind of remember, like sitting down, watching the game, getting into it. Then the 86 Giants. So the, the, the Washington football team, which was back then known as something different, obviously, they were the best team. The Giants won that Super Bowl in 86. Washington won again in 87. So they won in 84 and again in 87, and I think they won again in 89. I mean, they were just killing it in the 80s. And then the 90s, the Giants won again. And then Dallas started to take over. So all three of those teams had a run while I was growing up. And then since that, Washington has been totally irrelevant. Dallas has been completely irrelevant since, like, 1998. And then you had the Giants win there, too, and then Philly win there, one. Now, the Eagles have been the dominant team in the division since I went to college. So 21 years, the Eagles have really had the run of the division. The Giants have the two Super Bowls. Philly has one. Dallas has none. And Washington has none. I just can't imagine the Washington football team or the Washington organization, I should say, really figuring this thing out unless maybe we're watching that happen. We're watching the transition. Jack Cook. They had a good owner. Right. I was going to say, now you got Dan Snyder and things are just egregious. It's brutal. Uh, Was Dallas, Arizona ever quote-unquote rivals? I recall they were both in the NFC East. They kind of were. Like There was a time where all the old Cowboy players went to Dallas. Like When they were done, like Emmitt Smith went to Dallas and – Dallas fans would go to Arizona to the games out there because no one goes to the Arizona games. So that's the, like the only time like Arizona actually had, and it happened with the Eagles when Buddy Ryan left the Eagles and went to Arizona. He took like Seth Joyner with him out there. He took Clyde Simmons with him out there. Um, so there was like a bunch of like the, the Arizona became like the place like everybody kind of went when they left their team, but they had no like quote unquote rivalry. I would agree with you. They're just Arizona. Not much going on out there. Anybody out there, by the way, hate the Saints is what I want to know. I I would be stunned if people say they don't hate the Saints. I mean, everyone I associate with absolutely hate the Saints. And not just people I associate with. I mean, it's a common thing. When I think it's more of like an NFC thing. Like just because the NFC hate the face, Sean Payton, their their fans complain and bitch and moan all the time. I think it all just builds up the frustration towards the franchise. I have no hatred for the Saints, for all you Saints fans out there. I'm surprised. I have none. No one's coming to my defense here, though, so let's go, people. Not a fan of the Saints. Bang, we got one. I'd like to know where they live. Mississippi? No, come on. They're watching on YouTube. They could be anywhere. There's no place like your home. And if you have a leak or need a new roof, call Dorothy Gale Roofing, 877-97-KEVIN, or visit them online at DorothyGale.com. It is the sports best. It is live. You can watch the show on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. EHT, different location. Uh, you can watch the show live at 973ESPN.com. Don't forget, coming up next, we'll talk a little NBA with Keith Smith. Sixers with a big win last night. Should it change our outlook on this team's ceilings? By the way, Antonio Ortega, I don't hate the Saints. The Joe Show. I like the Saints. He likes the Saints? Yeah, I like the Saints too. No, stop it, you two. Stop it. Grow up. It's Philadelphia. Website, watch the show live. You can see what's going on because uh, Rose has the Thunder hat on today. 
Last time you wore the Thunder hat, you got hit hard. But Keith Smith got the Patriots hat, and that's not allowed in this video circle. Not here, not now. Keith Smith, NBA writer, Yahoo Sports NBA, set to join us here. Sixers win last night. An impressive win, Keith Smith, but I'll ask you, does it do anything? It's a regular season win. Like we like to say here, add to Tuesday night in February. You're not really win, lose, but was that different? Was the Sixers win last night different for them? What's funny is I think the win was kind of just, well, let's see, prove it to us when it really matters. That, that, that's what I think the win did. Had they lost, though? because that would have been a real blown opportunity. I think it would have been a lot worse than the win is good, if that makes sense, uh, because I, I just think it would have been one of those collapses where it just would have been completely falling apart and not good at all. So I think they did you know, well, and, and I think there's just going to be a lot of people who are going to look at this team and say, I've seen this movie before. Are we going to get a different ending this time around or not? Yeah, I know um, they have had some big wins over the years. Uh, they beat Golden State on the road. You know, they beat the Lakers. So they have won big games in their past. Um, so I kind of agree with you there. But maybe the how they won the game last night. Tobias Harris taking the big shot, hitting it, playing with confidence. The way that last kind of play went, we've seen in the past that looked lost in late-game situations. So was that something that revealed something about them? Yeah, I think that was good. I think, you know, seeing him, what he's really done all year, he, he – you know, in a lot of ways, deserves to take that shot because that's the the tough part with Joel Embiid. He is so great, but that can be a difficult spot for any big man to, to create something. Jokic is a little bit different because he's such a good ball handler, but Embiid, it's a little hard for him. So I think what becomes important there is that you have somebody else who you can get that ball in their hands and they're going to create a good look. And Tobias Harris is their best option for that. And he absolutely deserved it. He came through in the clutch. He's having a fantastic year. I I would assume at this point he would like to play for no one other than Doc Rivers for the rest of his career. Yeah, no doubt about it. How do you view those last four minutes or so? Though? I mean, look, they had an 11-point lead and it was taken away from them. They squeaked away. But uh, obviously that's not a sustainable way to, to play. Yeah, that, that was tough, too, especially because it was kind of all the old problems uh, cropped back up. Was can, can they create enough offense? Can they can they defend a uh, point of attack when they, they involved Embiid? The Lakers involved Embiid in defending quite a bit, and that, that's hard. Embiid is a fantastic defender when he's one-on-one -on -one with somebody inside or as a help guy, but when you get him in pick and roll, it can be hard, especially late in games because he carries such a big offensive load. He doesn't always have the energy left at the end of games and he was you know he, he worked hard that entire game and that that was i think a big way they got back in it alex caruso you know kind of went nuts there down the stretch and and that's not something that you know really you want to see especially with how good uh they can be defensively you just need to sustain that for 48 minutes against the very best teams because next time against the lakers you're not going to get out of there with a win in that type of situation now let me get uh we've had a good discussion about ben simmons and, you know, what he did last night, he scored, which is not, you know, his scoring is way down this year. When you look at Ben, like he has that night last night where he kind of filled it up 17 points, eight assists, eight rebounds, 11 rebounds. I think he had a triple-double last night, actually. You know, do you care if he scores four points or if he's assisting and others are scoring and the team's still winning? Does that matter? Or are you going to say, fine, but you need to be able to have that formula work in the playoffs? I mean, there's another one of these things that answer won't come 
until playoff time because, like, defense has 11 points, but he has 14 assists. What's the difference if he scores 17 or dishes out those three extra points and someone else scores them? Is there a difference? No, not to me. As long as he's involved and actively involved and he's making plays one way or another, I don't really care if he's, you know, making the passes that are leading the baskets. That's just as good. A lot of times, too, those passes are leading the three-point baskets, which you're not going to get out of him alone so i th- think that's important too so yeah as long as he's involved the games where it's a problem is when he's playing hot potato with the ball and he's just kind of hanging out around the corners and around the perimeter and those kind of things that's when it becomes a problem that's what you can't have you need to have him actively engaged actively involved in the games and when he does that that that's when they're just fine did you notice a sense of urgency when it came to doc rivers coaching this game as if hey this isn't just a random tuesday night this one has a little bit more juice yeah, a little bit, because I think what he's trying to do is instill confidence in these guys, and we can win against the very best teams in the league. Because let's face it, they, their schedule's been pretty soft to, to, to this point in the year. Just just recently it's picked up, especially in the last week with Boston twice and then with um, the, the Lakers. So that's that's important to win those games. Now, I don't fault them. You play who's in front of you, and you know, they don't make their own schedule. This isn't you know college sports, so. You know, we'll go go win the games. They're not going to fault them for winning those games. But yeah, I think Doc wants to see them improve to these guys. I know in the past you might have slipped against some of these very good teams. Let's try to get this done and finish these teams off. And I think that's big because those are the things that'll kind of sustain and carry over into the next couple games. Now, now that I said that, though, I don't know when they're playing some terrible team. They'll probably blow it and shoot thirty percent, lose by forty. But you know, that's just kind of how this year's going. Yeah, they got Minnesota Friday night. They would probably be a terrible team. We'll see how that goes. But you might not have Joel Embiid. And then this goes back to the game Monday night when they didn't have Joel Embiid. And we're here on Tuesday saying, well, you found out that without Embiid, you're not good enough. Yeah, and that's the hard thing, right? They're so reliant on him, especially on the offensive end, where he he's just a monster right now. There's not Nobody can do anything with him. Marcus Hull defends him as good as anybody does in the league and he gave him a little bit of trouble but not not anything that seemed you know um you know too hard for for Embiid so yeah well when you when when he's um you know going the way he is he's impossible to stop but the problem is it seems like every game he still tends to pick up two or three dumb fouls puts himself on the bench you know it's those fouls when he's 40 feet from the basket either setting a screen or you know pressing up on somebody defensively for who knows what reason those are the ones that kill you so those are the ones you got to get figured out if you're me you get those out of there because then then you can be on the floor even longer and that's going to be more important but you know right now i mean they're firing on all cylinders so it's it's that's nitpicky stuff yeah a hot discussion today was actually lebron james and that flagrant one a lot of sixers fans not happy now gil and i both agree that it was not that bad i want to get your thoughts on it i mean look it in the rules of the game, yeah, flagrant one, but I thought people made it seem as if it was a little bit more aggressive than what actually went down. Yeah, yeah I saw some people on Twitter. It was like, throw LeBron out of the league. He should never play again. And, you know, and stuff like that. And then, you know, and then I think Doc Rivers, you know, came out after and was like, those were just fouls when I played. You know, now that, there's a little <laughs> bit of that. You know, it was all, everything was harder back in the day, you know, for these guys than it was forever and for anybody else. You know, playing now, but yeah, I, I think flagrant one was absolutely the right call. I don't have any problem with, with that that call at all. I, I don't think there was anything more than that. And you know, you just move on and play. And I thought, you know, Embiid did a good job bouncing back from it. And you know, I, I'm not too you know overly worried. Now, when you watch that version of the Sixers last night, what's the ceiling for 
that version of the. I mean, are they beating the Bucks? Are they beating Brooklyn? I don't even know what to think about Brooklyn. I mean, they played well last night, late in that game. You had, uh, you know, 32 from Durant. Harden had a big, the three of them had a big game, but I don't know what to do with them yet. But where do you kind of put the Sixers when you watch them last night? You're up against the Lakers, the best team in the West, and you went toe to toe. Yeah, yeah, they're finals level. When they play like that, they're, they're a finals level team. They're, there's no team in the league they can't beat. They've got the better balance now with Green and Curry there. That that's you know really important. I assume Darren Moore's going to be active trying to fill out the bench because the bench is still a little hit or miss. I like Shake Milton. I really think Tyrese Maxey's going to eventually be a good player. Matisse um, Thybulle is a little one note right now. He's a defensive guy. He doesn't do a lot beyond that. Dwight Howard. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, we, we've we seen you know him look bad at times, and other times he looks okay. So I think Maury's going to continue to do what he can and try and fill that, that out um, with that bench. But, yeah, that's a finals-level team right, right now, and then you get a couple more good players. But I think the East, again, just like it has the last couple of years, it's going to come down to matchups and help. You know, let's see where we are when the playoffs start. Let's see how it all matches up because that's going to be what will ultimately decide this. Yeah, what about um, what – Maury said last night he was on SportsCenter before the game, and he said, like, championship or bust, really. So does that indicate to you, Keith, that he is looking to make that move, to make this team get to the next level? Yeah, it does. And, and I think I think people might have read things a little bit wrong with the fact that they didn't go complete the James Harden trade. And I think, you know, we talked about it. I think that was the right decision for them to walk away. But I think what we're we're seeing now with this team is yeah, it's it's let's go go get a title here because it's not that you're on borrowed time with Embiid or Simmons, but with their injury history, you've got to be kind of a little bit worried that when they're having this good of a season, I know Simmons is, you know, not playing, you know, his best season going, but Embiid certainly is. You want to make sure you take full advantage of that. Tobias Harris, I think is having the best year he's ever had in his career. He should absolutely be an all-star uh, this year. And then you've got Danny Green's a little older, Seth Curry, we'll see what becomes of him. So I do think what you're seeing with 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 this team is there's very much a go-for-it mentality. And and I, I the thing I've always liked with Darren Moore, going back to when he was running the Rockets, when they were close, he was going to make the moves to, to get it, to get it done. And, and I think what he's looking at is, yeah, we're right there. We're, we're you know, if you want to say it's five or six teams compete for the title, can't leave Philly out of that five or six. And I think that for Daryl Morey, that's enough. That's all he needs to know. Let's go get it done. Let's get the guys we need to get this championship. You know, at least be in contention for which to me is that's a competitive Eastern Conference Finals at the minimum. Yeah, I, I do know that Doc Rivers keeps bringing up depth at the four position. So maybe that's something that they try and attack. But I do want to point out a play that LeBron made last night. It just made my jaw drop. And I want to get your thoughts. So it was one-on-one with Joel Embiid at the top of the three-point line. He drives the lane, passes through three defenders, and hits KCP wide open for three. I just I don't know anyone else who could make that type of play. And I was amazed. I didn't even know how to react. I was almost stunned. Yeah, I'm with you. There's times when you see with LeBron, it's just, you know, where how does this still happen in year, well, whatever year we're in, 17 or 18, whatever it is now? It's just there's times when it's like, I just, you know, how, how do people not see it coming? How do you not know it's there? It's almost like he, at times, when he's fully dialed in, he has to beat himself because it's still 
you there's nothing you can do with him. He's going to get to exactly where he wants, and every single time he's going to make the right basketball play. So uh, I'm with you. It's so funny. I've done a complete 360 on LeBron. I enjoyed him early in his career. Then I did not care for him at all during the Miami years, and now I'm back to enjoying him again. So, you know, it's just one of those things where now I just – Let's keep this going as long as we can. I, you know, I don't want to see this guy ever retire. Uh, I would agree with that sentiment. I, I did not like the decision, that whole thing, when he went to Miami. Uh, I respected that he went back to Cleveland. I've always enjoyed watching him. I was hard on him in Miami. Uh, beating, you know, just much like you're hard on Ben, because you thought there was more from LeBron to get out. It was like sometimes he was too passive. He made that extra bad. Problem was, we saw LeBron be a different version of LeBron in Cleveland. He kind of became a little more passive in Miami. Then we don't know what, but something he can be LeBron. He's like, all right, I'm going to be Rajon Rodgers. I mean, besides, say the weekend, he's got all these fantasies that he watched. He wants to be Yeah, I think that's the tough thing with, with, with Ben is you, you just want him to have that kind of attack mentality all the time. You can't, you can't have those games, like I said, those passive games where you just don't even really know he's out there. I just, you know, that, that part, that, that that I can't do with him. I that, That's where I get so frustrated. There, when they played Boston in that two-game miniseries, there were times he drew small guard from the Celtics in the paint. He never even looked to score. Not, not even came close couple times he kicked it out for good shots for his teammates but those are ones where you if you're in the paint you're six foot ten you have Kemba Walker on you put him in the goal you know just be done with with this this is you know so silly and and, and, and I, some of it comes out of I don't think he wants to get fouled because I don't think he wants to go to the line those kind of things but just you know put, play through power through him because you should be able to get at least an and one out of it you should be able to score over him the, those are the plays that frustrate me wildly Yep, and uh, he continues to frustrate us every night. And I know uh, you're watching, we're all watching, we're all paying attention, but you said it. They put themselves in that level of a championship team maybe last night with that win. This East should be fun. Watching the trade deadline, Daryl Morey should be fun. Keith Smith, NBA, Yahoo Sports. And, of course, he, like all, gets appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. It's going to be an interesting matchup next Saturday, Sixers-Brooklyn. And that game just got moved from 7 to 8 o'clock. So we'll have that for you on 97.3 ESPN as well. Keith, we'll talk to you next week, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Brody, I'm rocking Thunder shorts. So oh. I'm with you. Whoa. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And this is just an ad that matches. But, uh, you know, the fact that we're on the same wavelength today. Oh, it matches his ad. Blue into blue. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Keith. Take care. There's Keith Smith. Yahoo Sports covers the NBA. Real GM. And, of course, you like all guests appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. Now, is that a violation to go New England Patriots yeah, hat with the, with the basketball short? I'm okay calling Keith Smith out on that. Yeah, no, no, Keith, Keith looks like a guy that would rock the NBA uh, short, though. Like, I'm not surprised by that. He seems like a guy that would rock NBA sh- shorts. He just looks like a guy you'll sit down, have a beer with. Oh, yeah. For, oh, can you imagine so a basketball thing talk now, with that? Being able to see these guys it opens up a whole new dynamic of, like, your you know, you only heard their voice all this time. But now you're seeing them, like, as we're talking to them. I got a whole different picture of Keith Smith. Yeah. I, I, whew, could you imagine sitting down and have a couple cold IPAs oh, over a nice yeah. Boston Celtics Sixers rivalry night? I'd love to have a good talk with him.
about the Sixers-Celtics rivalry. Now, that's a rivalry. That is. You know, although the Sixers-Knicks never really took off like it should. Well, that's because the one team stinks. They've stunk for a while. There's no question. Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. DraftKings now has a golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000, and the top prize is $1 million. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAM. All right. Coming up at 620 tonight. Game night. It's Kevin Durso talking with Josh Henning, previewing Flyers, Devils. And you can listen to that game right here on 97.3 ESPN, your home for Flyers hockey. And don't forget, you can listen to Flyers hockey on the free mobile app powered by First Bank of Sea Isle. It's- All right, time for five questions as we get ready to wrap up a Thursday show. It was a fun show, back and forth. A lot of good stuff from you guys out there. There has been some people that said they don't like the Saints. Yeah, a bunch of people. That's because I was right, like always. I also heard there was some bad weed going around the area. Yeah, well, guess what? I might have smoked it. Well, this is where you have a couple people agreeing with you. Dank Burrito? I haven't seen the Dank Burrito. Yeah, where's the day? made an appearance a couple days ago. He's been a little quiet, but he's probably smoking the bad weed. Booyah. All right. Flyers. Do it. Do they win tonight? Well, back to back. Who's in goal tonight? Carter. Carter Hart. The Flyers are going to go back to Carter Hart. Beat the Devils twice? No. Wow. No, no, no. They win tonight. They win tonight. Yeah, and it's impressive. I was going to say, Carter Hart. All right, he's been struggling. Over, under, two and a half goals. If they're going to win, I mean, look, it doesn't really matter. They can score some goals, Well, last too. time I said 4-3, it was 5-3, that empty netter. That'll do it to so you. So, 4-3 was really the score. Tonight, oh. I go 3-1. Fly guys. All right, so the under. 3-1. Now, I hate to break it to you, but just because the technicality of the empty net doesn't matter to you, uh, from a real betting perspective, yeah, you'd have a tough argument. I know DraftKings or FanDuel aren't paying me on that. Yeah, send it with they message. They should, though. They really should. Yeah, I don't like the empty net rule with the puck line. It scares me from utilizing the puck line. It can bone you. I don't like to get boned. No doubt. All right, JVR, he scored two goals last game. Does he dare score again, maybe on the power play? Keep the hot streak going. No, you know who I'm going with tonight? Who's that? TK's back. Ooh, connecting. That's right. Okay. TK is back tonight. I bet you Durso makes that same prediction. Maybe. 620 tonight on game night. We'll find out. You know, it's very enjoyable to be driving home and hearing like Durso and McCormick and Blevins and these guys previewing the games. Like, I get a good education on my drive home. No doubt. It's what I do every single night when I drive home from the station. No one's better than Durso, though. Yeah, he's the, he's the greatest. Greatest of all Literally, time. When, when talking hockey, he's the guy. You're not wrong about that. All right, will Shane Gossisbear have two strong games in a row tonight? Is he going to have another good, solid game? Playing with Provorov. I mean, this Devils team doesn't have a lot of offensive firepower. No, they, they kind of stick. They're better than they were last year, but... Who's going to go for them tonight? I think it's that one. Because I think they had an injury and Wedgwood, I think it is. Wedgwood's playing again. All right, this is a good... Uh, I, no, I think Gossespair is... You know, you pair him with Provorov. It's almost like you got to pick your game up next to him. 
because I think he might slash you with his stick if you don't. Or it just across comes your, right across your throat. Yeah, okay. That won't happen. Take the fiberglass and stick it right up here. No, but when you play like, with uh, someone. Carl Spackler in Caddyshack. That's not how it's going to go down. Like you think that's going to go the, down? Yes, I know what scene the hoe you're up to the about. guy's neck. On your is it because he's Russian? Provorov? Is that why you feel like maybe it would go down that way? No, he means business. He does mean business. Gossip Bear sometimes doesn't. No, well, you're not wrong about that. He needs that. someone next to him that means business. All right. Fair point. All right, so he has a good game. That's Unga we... Galungala. That's what Provorov would tell. Gossip Bear. All right. What's the last question here? What the hell do you expect out of Nick Sirianni tomorrow? Oh, I'm really looking forward to this. I expect him to see all the people on that Zoom screen and get up and walk out. <laughs> Can you imagine? We have to do a whole other search. Oh, man. I expect him to be highly impressive. I think people are going to be like, I like this guy. He's going to do the whole Rocky. He's going to throw that reference. Will we do a What's Dan Campbell on Rocky? I, I don't know. Will we do a Dan, Dan Campbell on us? No. Take out the but knees. When he walks in, you're going to be like, this guy lived in Indianapolis too long with that outfit. He's going to have a very Midwestern, although he is uh, Italiano. Flannel? He might have a um, plaid plaid jacket. He had the other day a plaid jacket. I saw that. Are you a fan of the elbows? No. 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 That's like wearing a turtleneck. Oh, jeez. Put it on your uh, pick stitch. What do you call that thing? Stitch fix. Yeah, there you go. And if anybody wants to join, let me know. I'll send you an invite for $100 off your first order. What? You didn't tell me that. 25 bucks for you off your first what? order. Hey, game night's up next. Kevin Thurso previews Flyers Devils at 620.